Are you ready to jump into some true crime docs, crime thrillers, and more? Check out our website for an extensive list of our favorite movies and shows at thesirenspodcast.com slash what we watch and find our favorite true crime and thriller books and authors, some covered on the show, at thesirenspodcast.com slash author alley. You can even find special deals for Amazon Music, Audible, Discovery Plus, Paramount Plus, Showtime, and even Grubhub. If you're looking to jump in immediately, check out our pinned Facebook post for some streaming service free trials on us. You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. The last time I I told you about this, I was like, I'm not ready. And there were nine, I think, people missing. And then I was like, I think there are more people. So I'm going to wait and add these more people. And there was like 12. Now we're up to 26. Shut up. So (laughs) I'm not kidding. The article I was going to go off of is at 12. Yeah. So we're we're at 26. I can't, for the life of me, like, I can't, um, I don't think we have time to talk about every single one of them. However, I did add in uh, illnesses and accidents as well, or, you know, so-called accidents, um, just to kind of show everybody how weird it is, how many deaths that have been there this year. So, yeah, and we're at 26 right now. The thing about it is... So the population of Fort Hood is almost the same as where I live. But Fort Hood is larger physically than New York City. So, I mean, that's a lot of people. It's huge. But for these people who are, like, active and are trusted to protect civilian life... (laughs) You would think that there would not be that many deaths or accidents or disappearances or anything like that. (laughs) Could you not? 26 deaths this year so far, which nears, so 2018 and 2017, those whole full years was 2017, there were 28 deaths. And then in 2018, there were 29 deaths deaths that was like for the whole year we haven't even made it the whole year yet and we're at 26 the killings this year exceed the number of homicides at other bases like crazy exceeds them fort bragg in north carolina has 50,000 troops there a little more a little less they have more people than fort hood but fort hood has more homicides than they do just for Isn't Fort Bragg the one that's had like a couple crazy fucking accidents that shouldn't have happened? Wait, was that Fort Bragg? I could be wrong. I don't, I'm not really sure. Yeah, and of all people in the world, I'm balls deep in like every branch of the military and I can't remember which one it is. 
This year has ruined us. I know nothing about military stuff. I don't really have a military family. So, I mean, I have military friends, but like what they tell me is all I know about. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. I don't know. I I learned this year that Fort Hood was in Texas. So there you go. Oh my (laughs) God. I can't with you. (laughs) I know. (sighs) Yeah. We're also talking about Colleen, which is the it's like on the edge fort hood is right on the edge of this town and so it's basically made up of military families like you go to a coal mining town you expect most of the people there to be coal miners or their family thereof it's the same with colleen so exactly except it's all military and i wanted to start in Colleen in 1991 because i don't know how much you know about colleen texas that is where I had to live because I couldn't live on base. How did I not know this? I feel so betrayed. <laughs> yeah. We did not live on base. We lived in Colleen. But it was fun. Like, it was a good time. I didn't, I, it was a great time. I didn't mind it. How old were you when you lived there? I was like well, six. Okay, so this actually may have been around that time. Yeah, honestly, because we're 86ers. So I'm going back to 1991 that's where i'm gonna start anyway so there was a cafeteria there called lubby's cafeteria lubies lubies is it wimby l-u-b-y yeah lubies so have you been there before yeah yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like a oh god what's it called it's like a buffet it's kind of like golden corral kind of yeah yeah and you have your little tray and you go down the line this is like so crazy that you've been there anyway so In 1991, there was a mass shooting there. Did you know this? No. So there was a man named George Hennard who just out of the blue smashed his pickup truck through the restaurant, the front of the restaurant. He got out of the cab and he just started shooting people. As the patrons and employees tried to scramble to safety, dozens of police officers arrived and exchanged gunfire with the man, apparently wounding him. And then he made his way to the back and shot and killed himself with a bullet through the eye. That's mm. the 23 deaths make the attack the worst mass shooting ever to occur in the United States up to that point. This was 1991. The police said that the killer, a 35-year-old man, reloaded and emptied his Glock 17, a semi-automatic 9mm pistol, several times. There were 80 people in the restaurant because it was uh, National Bosses Day. So apparently there were people in there with their bosses. The killer was identified as George Joe Hennard of Belton. Ooh, Belton remember that town which is about 10 miles east of Colleen so like 10 minutes east of Colleen at first they declined to provide any more information about him Sam Wink was a witness he did a television interview and he said the gunman had tons of ammo on him he said the gunman noticed him on the floor and pointed his pistol at him I thought I bought the farm, Mr. Wink said, added that he was saved when a woman 
got up to run and the gunman fired at her instead. Another witness described the gunman shooting as fast as he could pull the trigger. So neighbors of Hennard in Belton said that on occasion he would come out of his house screaming, I guess for no reason. The neighbors and their mother produced a photocopy of a long rambling letter that Hennard had sent them during the summer. They said they turned over the letter to the police when it arrived. One passage said, and this is not going to make any sense, so just listen as hard as you can. Quote, Please give me the satisfaction of someday laughing in the face of all those mostly white, treacherous female vipers from those two towns who tried to destroy me and my family. End quote. Okay, okay, but wait. Okay, but wait. Chief Niece said there was nothing in that letter. It seemed like... He had a crush on the girls, but there was nothing that in any way discredited them or embarrassed them. It was just a letter. Back at the restaurant, there were hundreds of onlookers. Fathers with children on their shoulders and mothers with babies and strollers hovered around the yellow police tape that kept them at bay from this restaurant. He apparently spent a little time in there and was like talking to people and like intimidating them and being a real creeper <laughs> after driving his vehicle into the building yes oh, and like and he's like anyway uh do you like turtle yeah no i'm serious <laughs> and he was wounded he wounded himself somehow when he drove his car through <laughs> and he just got out and was like hey you guys uh I mean, and he was like, I'm so serious. He was walking through the restaurant, like going table to table and like intimidating people. Can you honestly tell me if a car ran, say you and I are in Ada and we're eating at China Corral, right? And a truck just bulldozes through the window. Are you going to stay sitting there? Like, well, I, you know, you don't pay Probably for the meal. not. <laughs> Why are you still sitting there like, oh, that's so Texas of them. They're like, ah, fuck it. Half of us are in the military. <laughs> it is It is kind of it's very so Texas. Texas. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bless our heart. Um, the ones that didn't get out of the way were like a lot of, there was a lot of seniors that were like eating in the back. And they're the ones that really got the worst of it. As he approached, he would say, was it all worth it? Said Lee Whitney, 41, a Sintel manager in Colleen, who was standing with his wife, Brenda, 33, at the back of the food line when the truck crashed through the window. Quote, a lot of people were taking their bosses to lunch. It was really crowded. He immediately started shooting a lot of shots right away. End quote. Mr. Whitney said the gunman, quote, walked right over my head. And there was a lady whose head was eight inches away and he shot her. For some reason, he didn't shoot us, end quote. Betty May, a 67-year-old Colleen resident who was in the cafeteria when the shooting occurred, said she and her friends escaped after a man threw a chair through a window. She said she, she cowered beneath the table after the gunman began shooting and he was almost at her table when another patron broke the window behind them. Miss May said she cut her foot on the glass as she ran through the broken window and needed 14 stitches on her foot. 
she said, I didn't know I could run, but I did today, end quote. She and Evelyn Seals, 60, a friend from the Eastside Baptist Church who were having lunch, said the cafeteria was unusually full because many people were there celebrating Boss's Day. Miss May said afterwards she found the man who had broken the window. Quote, I went up and thanked him, she said. I said, you saved our lives today. We'd have been dead. End quote. As the sun went down, officers said the cafeteria remained as the gunman had left it. Drapes were pulled for privacy across the front windows, where the pickup burst through only hours earlier. At the back, where some diners had escaped, one chair held drapes in place and three other chairs were strewn amid the plants behind the building. And the chief said that the bodies were taken to Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas because it was better able to perform the number of autopsies required. He ended up killing 22 people in that restaurant. And when, because there are 45,000 people in Colleen, Texas, and it's about 50 miles north of Austin, this is so close to Fort Hood Remember, Fort Hood got word of this and was like, deploy everything. <laughs> and so when they, when he, when he found out that they were being deployed, he was like, well, that's it. And he went into the bathroom and shot himself, killed himself. Oh. Yeah. How, how very full metal jacket of you. Lieutenant General H.G. Taylor, the Fort Hood commander at the time, said he had sent helicopters and ambulances to evacuate the wounded to local hospitals. Yeah, so there were 80 people in the restaurant that day. Whoa. So there was actually a class being held for police officers, like, not far away. Only a bank separated the buildings, and the officers ran to the restaurant as soon as they heard the shots. That's really convenient. (laughs) Michael Cox, a spokesman for the Texas Department of Public Safety, was not actually among those at the class, but he inspected the restaurant after the shooting and called the scene gruesome. The floor was covered with glass, blood, and spent bullets. He said most of the bodies were slumped in the southeast corner of the cafeteria, but others were in a hallway in the food line, and one elderly woman was slumped over a table with food on it. God, that's so sad. Oh my God. He said, quote, you have to push yourself and remind yourself that it's not a movie scene. There's that terrible stillness of death. End quote. Vernon Schrader, a vice president for the cafeteria, said that no employees were wounded or killed. He said there were probably 40 employees on duty at the time of the shooting, but none were killed. Amazing. So, yeah, 22 people, 23 including himself, 20 others were injured. There was this whole investigation they went into and looked into him and apparently it was kind of apparent that he was going to do this but he was never stopped like no one ever reported like the like all the fucking school shooters yeah except he was a 35 year old man that's insane like you're supposed to get more level headed as you age not you would think no here we are (laughs) you think 35 year old man average brain he's about 27 like I don't know I would take, I mean, I think you're giving him a little too much credit. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. I was like, but, 
<laughs> I don't mean to be feminist. But you're really fucking immature. Anyway, so police said that Hennard, the gunman, was not connected to the military, and it was not clear how many of his victims were, in fact, connected to the military. Many of the residents have retired from the military or are military dependents. Many military people, some dressed in camouflage uniforms, were among those watching the scene, though, outside. Uh, After that, at Fort Hood, there was an army psychiatrist. I know about this guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Major Nadal Hassan, who killed 13 people and injured 32 others in 2009. Mass shooting. He was eventually convicted in 2013 of 13 counts of murder and 32 counts of attempted murder and sentenced to death. So then five years after that, an Iraq war veteran, an army veteran, SPC Ivan Lopez opened fire on the base as well, killing three soldiers and injuring another 16 before killing himself. So we've already got a history of some crazy mass things going on in and around Fort Hood. You've reached the end of our episode. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Join Raven next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?